30 Nerdy's presenting sponsor and the home of all of the official 30 Nerdy swag is Advertising Expressions. Juice, what would Superman be without the big S on his shirt? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about Iron Man? What, what if he couldn't slap that Stark Industries logo on everything? You know, Clark and Tony, they probably go to Advertising Expressions, like us, for all their advertising needs. Oh, yeah. And so should you. And when you need your own symbol, like for work, church, school, a team of super friends maybe, check out Advertising Expressions. They can help you get your name and logo in front of as many people as possible, as often as possible, for as long as possible. That's right. So whether you're a billionaire, playboy, philanthropist, or faster than a speeding bullet, check out Advertising Expressions at advertising-expressions.com. Or give them a call at 423-586-3270. And tell them the nerds at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. What's up, nerds and nerdettes, and welcome to another episode of the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Duke of Nerds, the sweet tea of the Nerdy South, Tyler Mack, and obviously joined by the co-host, the podfather of 30 and Nerdy, the doctor of nerdonomics, the juice is loose. He's a menace, people. He is Dr. Davis. Hey, up, my, my name's the human spider. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Up, Doc? Oh, not much, man. How's it going? Ah, uh, you know, it's going busy, busy, busy. I understand. Mm-hmm. End of the school year is one of the craziest, busiest times for us teachers, especially high school teachers, because we have graduation and senior things and all that stuff so you know we're almost there i got three days left mm. we got graduation uh tomorrow morning as we record that's right <clears throat> yep and then a couple days next week and i'm oh. i'm done well i am in a show with your esteemed colleague dr alder yes and uh he was saying that he's in charge of seating and all that and i was like you know what i would do if i were in charge he said what i said i would find out who absolutely hates each other in real life. And I'd sit them right beside each other. (laughs) (laughs) Don't book Craig and Daniel together. They've hated each other since freshman year. Mm? Bingo. (laughs) Recipe for disaster. Mm, I love it. I I love love chaos. Mm, Yes. I'm an agent of chaos. So aside from graduation, we haven't talked since then. Um, How'd your show go? Oh man, they pulled it off. It's like they didn't even need me. It was great. They, they did a great job. They had a great experience. They were all happy and, and thrilled about it. So excited. I came back to school Monday. There's, it, let's see, today's Friday. They've talked about it all week. They're still quoting the, the play. <laughs> so that's, that's what it's all about for me, that, that, that moment when it's like, oh, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. He was right. It was going to be a fun experience. Yeah. It, people were going to enjoy it. They were yeah. going to laugh at us. So. It was great. Well, good. 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 I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get a jump on summer. 
I've been swimming the last couple of days and the little bit of free time that I got. Good. Yesterday I had a full day off. It was Nolan's birthday, so we went and celebrated. Um, he turned 30. Welcome to 30, Nolan McDaniel. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, That's kind of hard to believe. It is, I, man. I always, I always just think about Nolan being a lot younger than us, but I guess he's yeah. really not. Only three years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I took the day off yesterday and I spent a little time at the pool. Water is uh, not as cold as I thought it'd be, but um, in normal Tyler fashion, uh, I used spray sunscreen and it didn't hit all the places. Mm-hmm. So there's like stripes of red in random places, like mm-hmm. one strip of bacon looks like going down my knee <laughs> um a little bit up here in the delt area oh. that didn't get and i'm sitting there like thinking like i sprayed fantastically like no one no one sprayed the sunscreen quite like me like i just sprayed it so fantastically it was rare of the millennium of the millennium uh i asked russia they said it was beautiful um so it just baffles me every year like i i prep I did my due diligence. I don't want to get sunburnt. Um, and it just didn't work. I was like, the spray stuff didn't work. Like, what the heck? It's like it pick and chose where to hit on my body. And I have these weird splotches. I look like I'm breaking out in different places, but it's sunburn. So it makes showering very difficult. So I'm like standing certain ways to like, oh, I, but if I stand here, it hits this leg and that sucks. But I can't stand this way because it hits my shoulder mm. blade. That mm. sucks. So it was fu- it was it was a nice day off though. It I think good. I'd rather take a butt whooping than have a sunburn. Oh my god, it's the worst. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. Detest it. I think I'd rather be congested in one nostril than sunburnt. Oh. And that's oof. terrible. That's that's kind of pretty close there for me. Speaking of Nolan, interesting story we heard this past week. Uh, Nolan told us technically a two-parter so one he is uh the only uh, the only i guess applicant in the state of tennessee to have his charter school approved this year the only applicant in the entire state of tennessee to have his charter school approved mm-hmm. he's good friends with a ceo of another school down the road from him uh they have coffee every Sunday. A CEO of a school? Of a school. So like the headmaster. Oh, okay. And it's like the C he's called the CEO because he's like the head wow. founder and yeah. I mean that, that. that makes sense, I guess. Yeah. It's just so they have coffee there. once a week. And they're talking, and this other guy, let's call him Mike. So Mike says, So I'm I'm expanding, I'm opening a school in Knoxville. And he's like, I got to tell you the story I've been waiting to tell you all week. So this past week, early in the week, I spent most of my couple of days in Knoxville making the rounds, talking to the people who I'm supposed to be talking to. The first person he had to talk to was our esteemed Mayor Kane. Mm-hmm. And this Mike, we're calling him, said that in the meeting he was talking, he was laying out his entire plan. You know, this is how it's been in Chattanooga. It's gone well, blah, blah, blah. This is when the expansion could, you know, be done by. And he said that Kane said, 
I'm a fan of charter schools. I, I really am a fan. I'm a fan of, of the institution. I'm a fan of, of changing people's lives and all that. There's a boy. I don't know if you know this, but there's a boy from Morristown who just got his charter school approved up there where you live. And he goes, yeah, his name is Nolan. I have coffee with him every week. And he's like, oh, cool. That's great. But I'm a, and then Kane continues to start getting political. He goes, I will, I will absolutely approve of a charter school because we need to change the culture of this woke liberal public school system. Yeah. I was like, in Knoxville, Tennessee? Yeah. Really, Kane? Okay. Okay. This Mike guy's like, okay. I mean, he looked at Nolan and he said, I mean, I just kind of tuned him out because I was like, he's a wrestler. He's been hitting the head with chairs. Like, well, I really don't care. But beyond that, it, <laughs> as much as I uh, dislike talking politics on here, uh, if you follow any of his social media stuff, he gets a lot of flack from the citizens of the great Knox County uh, for not being more uh, on the right, right side of things, right wing side of things. Um, so over the past several months, he's really amped it up. I've noticed because he wasn't out his rhetoric. He wasn't outspoken enough about the masks in school and he wasn't uh -oh. outspoken enough about this, that, or whatever. You need to do more. You need to stand up for this and that. So he's really, yeah, really amped that stuff up. Well, the next meeting he had was with our esteemed former governor, Bill Haslam, uh -huh. owner of Flying J, just sold pilot, but still owns Flying J, own, part owner of the Cleveland Browns, rich man, Tennessean, blah, blah, blah. In this meeting, he's like getting grilled with questions. This Mike guy is. And then like in the midst of getting all the questions asked, he stops and he goes, do you know Nolan McDaniel? And he goes, yeah, we have coffee once a week. He goes, I need you to work that relationship. That's a relationship we need to culture and we need to grow. Let's have a close relationship with Nolan McDaniel. He's like, I do. <laughs> he's like we have coffee every week and he's like i mean like i don't know if you know this but he was the only the only applicant in the state of tennessee to get his charter approved that's a friendship you want to cultivate and he's like okay he's like so twice they're talking about this boy who's the only and i was like say his name kane say his friggin name nolan mm. mcdaniel baby <laughs> this is like that's so cool man that's awesome 30 years old opening his own school hey he, he doesn't listen much anymore but but happy birthday congratulations oh, to yeah. my brother it's it's happy just birthday. it's so awesome um and another awesome and i finally get to talk about it god i've been sitting on this for months man the nda is over the papers have been signed so this is something i finally get to talk about uh, uh at work we just pinned an exclusive deal with Ubisoft in celebration of 15 years of Assassin's Creed and the new anniversary of the re-release, the re-releasing Black Fag. Ubisoft is partnering with Tennessee Legend Distillery to exclusively offer the Black Flag Spiced Rum, the Assassin's Creed, the, the Altair logo, and he's in the corner, four-year-aged bourbon whiskey. And all wow. new stuff and a 
a single malt whiskey called Captain Jack's. But finally get to talk about it. But Ubisoft is partnering with exclusively our distillery to create drinks to celebrate. That's pretty anniversary cool. For Assassin's yeah. Creed. Oh, That's great. I'm so excited. Every every day we talk about it at work. And I just feel like I can't wait to get to talk about this. Sounds like that will that will draw some uh, attention oh, for sure. Yeah. It's going to be massive. It's going to be a crazy summer and fall season when all this stuff starts slowly releasing. Um, we're huge fans of the games, Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. um, especially that first one. Love the Altair, love the Desmond storyline. Thoroughly enjoyed Black Flag because I'm a huge fan of Pirates. Same. That was a great um, game. So I can't wait. They're re-releasing Black Flag. We're doing a whole spice drum based off it. It's going to have the crossbones and all that. And mm. I'm excited, man. I'm truly excited. Like, I've been sitting on this for months. And Justin, our head distiller, comes in and goes, all the papers are signed so we can start talking about it now. I'm, I'm pumping it up. And I was like, yes, That's I get great. to tell Josh. <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm so excited that's great i can't wait to see it yeah i don't even drink much anymore but i'm I'm extremely excited oh yeah i mean that would be something nice to just have on a shelf just to look at you know yeah that's great oh i can't wait um so instead of a nerd vocabulary word i wanted to um i want i have a query about the hulk oh okay the Hulk, you mean Mr. Bruce, Dr. Bruce Banner? Dr. Bruce himself? Banner. Okay. Um, Brian popped this little query on me at 8 a.m. this morning, 8.30. He said, I have a question for you. I said, what? He was like, you snap your fingers with the gauntlet. You momentarily go to the soul world, right? Mm-hmm. Thanos saw Gamora, baby Gamora. She talked to him. Was it worth it? In a deleted scene, Tony talked to Tony sees in the future or something like that. Who did Hulk see? Um, uh, Betty. Is she dead? No, but you don't have to be, do you? Because, well, no, I guess not. Morgan's not. Like I said, in the deleted scene, it was like he was seeing her in the future Drawn or out. some such thing. I can't really mm-hmm. remember. Uh, Who do you think Hulk would see? Betty? Yeah, maybe his own parents. Mm. Um, I don't know much about Bruce Banner's parents. I don't know if they ever go into that in the comic books or anything. Uh, so maybe them. I don't know. I just looked at him. And I was did like, he? Did he have an answer? No, he's like, who did Hulk see? Yeah. And I just stared at him. I said, why? Why are you doing this at eight thirty in the morning? Like. Well, when would you when would you do it, Tyler? These are after I've had coffee, maybe. (laughs) Like, come on, man! Just drove forty minutes to work. I'm tired. (laughs) Like it's eight thirty in the morning. You can't hit me with this. I just stared at him and said, "Uh, uh, I don't know." I had a lot of time on my hands uh, last week and over the weekend, so I did a little marvel and we just celebrated the 10-year anniversary of the avengers yeah last week was that right so uh i was just on like a a marvel kick for a little bit so i went on and did all the big crossover things and did infinity war and endgame again and all that stuff man that those movies are great they just really they're fantastic i i I watched endgame and 
and actually, I watched uh, No Way Home again. This was my third watch through of No Way Home. First one since they did the home release. And it just felt like I was watching it for the for the first time. I mm-hmm. I had all the feels and I, I, I had the emotions and got all choked up at the right parts and everything. So it's such a great time to be a nerd. You know, that we is. are we are really living in a, a great time. It absolutely is. So many wonderful things happening. We got new Star Wars like next week with Obi-Wan or Kenobi rather. Man, I'm I'm so excited. excited. I also did a lot of Star Wars over my little unexpected holiday that I had last week. So I did uh, a lot of diving into the YouTube uh, videos because like I'm a I'm pretty uh, savvy with Star Wars. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. but. A lot of the comics, especially over the past five or six years, I haven't read a ton of that stuff. And there's people on YouTube who do. Uh, this guy does uh, the stupendous wave and the he has a Marvel channel and a Star Wars channel. And he does really great detailed videos with cool images from the comics and, and whatnot. And I watched a lot of Darth Vader videos. So I've been on a huge Darth Vader kick. So I'm really, really pumped about Kenobi next week. I rewatched episode three for the first time in a couple years or so. Really enjoyed it, actually. Um, sometimes the the prequels are a little crazy for me, but I really enjoyed it. And I didn't mind Hayden Christensen as much. <laughs> uh, still hate him, but I was able to overlook it. Mm. So I'm all that to say, Kenobi is uh can't get here quick enough and an interview said that he had been communicating a lot with matt lantern and going through and watching clone wars as he should as he should have because that guy did it right clone wars anakin was which makes me think that we may get some flashbacks of the clone wars yeah i'm hoping so it'd be cool it'd be really cool to see like maybe a younger ahsoka with him and obi-wan i don't know how much they're willing to do that de-aging thing uh you know but i would love some clone wars flashbacks and like see the clones and the droids and 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 the whole shebang it'd be great and i yeah i get this feeling like we'd get a little more grit than what we would have had in any of the movies or um the the cartoons and stuff obviously oh yeah I, i feel like we could get some like the horrors of war in, in some flashbacks on a Disney Plus show. Well, this is also supposed to be a very character-driven show, uh, very much like uh, Logan and Joker is what one of the creators said. Um, uh, he's he's an Obi-Wan that's not really allowed to use the Force mm-hmm. because it would obviously give away his position. Give him away. And yeah. lightsabers are illegal. They're outlawed. Yeah, yeah. So it's like we're going to get secret agent Obi-Wan hiding in the like oh no i'm just an older hermit i don't know what you're talking about Mm. i don't look like that guy perhaps they'll explain why he aged so quickly in those 19 years the place is two got two sons two sons and no women there's two sons and no women what do you expect me to do says chris griffin in blue harvest i'm excited about it though man uh we'll probably about this time next week be talking a lot about it uh, yeah, it'll be dropping the 27th. Is that right? Yeah, Which 27th. is a Friday. 
Yep. Opening Next, night yep. for my one show. week. Yep. One week from today. Oh, I'll be there that Saturday. Sweet. Sweet, sweet. Um, so a little bit of nerdly news to discuss. The top six uh highest paid pro wrestlers in the industry was released. Uh, I think I know this actually. Yeah. Is this like of all time? This year. Oh, this year. Then no, I 2022. Okay. Uh, this year, so far, the highest paid six wrestlers of 2022. Can I throw some guesses? Can, can I sure. throw some guesses out? You okay. guess them, then I'll give you their number. All right. Uh, CM Punk. No. Unbelievable. Brian Danielson. No. Are we, is this both? It's, it's both product. Both companies? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Give me a second. Give me a second. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin technically wrestled this year. Not technically. Yeah, he's he, not. He did. The... Okay. Uh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns sits at number three at five million. Okay. <clears throat> Chris Jericho. No. Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. sits at number five at four million. Yep. Um, Charlotte Flair, no women, there's no, no women, women. In the top six. No, that's not okay. No, it's not. How to, let's see, how about can you give me a ratio of like AWW? There's one AEW, one AEW, yeah. and it's not CM Punk. No, unbelievable. Uh, is it uh, uh, Kenny Omega? No. All right, I give up. Pretty close. All right, so at number six, we have AJ Styles at three and a half million. Okay, never would have thought of it. Number five, we have Cody Rhodes at four million. Mm-hmm. Number four, we have Randy Orton at four and a half million. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Number three, we have Roman Reigns at five million. Okay. Number two, we have Mox at six million. Mm-hmm. And at number one, we have the beast incarnate at 12 million dollars oh yeah that doesn't surprise me that's insane yeah it is crazy but i mean truth be told we saw him quite a bit so far in 22 yeah i mean he's and now but and it was a different version of brock lesnar and so that I, I have to I have to give it to him. I yes. have not cared about Brock Lesnar for the past 10 years because it's been same old, same old, same old. And then we got farmer ponytail Brock Lesnar who's smiling and Brock. talking and and all that stuff. So it's something. And yeah. I'll 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 give him that. I like it. Uh moving a little on into uh some more nerdly news here. Uh we Got a little interview with a lighting artist who worked on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And in this interview, they claim that a lot of the developers wanted the main character to be black and or a woman. Mm -hmm. And this was not done because there were already two black characters in the game. And Ray is a woman. So we thought that was enough. (laughs) I saw that. Uh, oh, I was like, oh no. Yeah. Not a good look, guys. Not a good look. This is one I'm shocked you haven't been tweeting like mad over. Senator Josh Hawley, idiot, 
has proposed a bill that could see Disney lose the copyright to the original Mickey Mouse. Yeah. As it would reduce copyright production from 95 years to 56. Holly specially noted, it's time to take away Disney's special privileges. Yeah. That's been a thing since before him, though. That's oh, been I know. a thing. He's just for looking for two or three new years. Fight. Yeah. And right. I hate that we're getting political, but the new enemy of the Republican Party is Disney. It's Disney. Uh, so, of course, he's going to. Do you it's, think it's all, this is a dangerous politic, game? Politics playing, is though? the biggest stage for theatrics in the entire world, people. Absolutely. You know, I don't buy into a single thing any of them say on either side of it, nope. despite which way we lean. Well, being theater kids, we can see theater in action. Like when theater's happening, especially like, when it's bad. <laughs> yeah, we're just I mean, like, this is okay. my job on a daily basis to tell you, <laughs> hey, you're not convincing right now, you know? It's so, all bad theater. Yeah. Crazy. So, uh, getting, on, getting to the just instead of the political aspect of it, I think that that is not a a game they want to play in the long run. <laughs> I don't no. think they want to go after the mouse. No. Because he might be like, ha ha, I'll buy you. <laughs> Maybe he should. <laughs> Maybe he should. Maybe you should. Uh, so, speaking of Disney, um, while it may seem that Disney films are ubiquitous, there's one major market where they've missed out more often than not, China. And on today's Disney earnings call, well, a few days ago, CEO Bob Chappick told shareholders that while the situation may be complicated with China, he's confident that Disney's going to do just fine without China and their market. I think they'll make it. I think they'll be fine. And I completely agree. As we talked about in last week's episode, uh, it's very rare that Marvel has a game-changing home run in the China market. Endgame was one. Uh, Shang-Chi did really well, but still not as good as it should. you would think it would have mm-hmm. in the Asian market. But I, I would have to agree with them. I think they're going to be just fine. You know, they've released more than not unsuccessful in the china market but they're still billion dollar movies and close to billion dollar movies without Mm. china's market so like this whole worry about it kind of makes me want to kind of backpedal a little bit about what i said last week um about china being the reason we don't see mephisto right or we probably won't his comments are making me think they're like if we don't lean on them as much maybe we will now but didn't we also uh look up if ghost rider was released in china and it was right it was and did so i don't poorly. it did not do well right no. but and and so it could be like yeah we're not going to because it didn't do well was that the reason it didn't do well or is it just china doesn't have a good market for this period you know because I don't know if I'm buying into the whole we don't do Mephisto because China will be offended. I don't know if that I don't know that that adds up for me. <clears throat> I would agree. I'm starting to understand that a little more. 
I'm starting to stay, lean away from the argument that, oh, it's China that's keeping us from getting Mephisto. If they do so well without China's market more times than not, why have yeah. we not got them? So I'm kind of leaning away from that argument a little bit. Uh, a little more Marvel news. Um, you know that Watts left the Fantastic Four project as director. No, I didn't. Um, after finishing Quantum Mania, he uh, needed a l- little bit of a break. Not Quantum Mania, uh, Spider Man. Far from home, he needed a little yeah. bit of a break. Well, you know what? Well or earned. No way home. Whichever one. Home sweet home. Um, <laughs> however, if we are leaning towards the direction of what we just saw, it is quite possible that Mr. Krasinski will take over as director. Uh-huh. And they've already signed on Moon Knight's head writer, Jeremy Slater, and that two executive producers, Curtis and Pepin, from Moon Knight have also entered the Fantastic Four project. Did you see a thing uh, that they released? I just saw it uh, yesterday, day before. It was like the most watched MCU shows on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And they had the numbers and everything. Moon Knight is, has got the least. Now, granted, it is the newest one. People haven't had the chance to watch and rewatch and all that stuff. But Loki was way, way ahead of everybody. At number one, and then one division number two, and then I can't remember exactly those, but Moon Knight was the last. It was like under a billion, and all the others were way in up in the billions of That's views. Crazy because I actually like it. Actually, not views, but hours viewed. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, we we uh, finally started it, me and Maddie, and uh, I mean we like it. It's dark, and I mean she's even <clears> said like there are times where she's like, "Ooh." Um, <laughs> But I like it. Uh, it's like yeah, it was fine. Did you, so you didn't like finish it. it yet, I haven't right? finished it yet. We got two more right. left. Um, yeah, it just, picks up a little bit. Yeah, we met the hippo. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and she's amazing. Yeah, um, I just I, I like it. Uh, I, it makes me wish that I'd read more Moon Knight. Right. Um, so I could automatic. I knew that he was had split personality. I knew that he was nuts. I knew that. Mm-hmm. But other little things, I'm like, man, I wish I'd watched, you know, gotten more of the Egyptian lore out of the comics. But I love the Egyptian aspect. So does Maddie. I love that they're in Egypt. I've always loved Egypt. I've always loved the 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 lore behind Egypt, their gods. I love the mummy movies for that very reason. Egypt. Um there's something about it that's just so mysterious. And so I am into it too. And what got me into it so heavily was I was a I was a big Tomb Raider fan growing up. All the yeah. original Tomb Raider games. I played those bad boys on the PC. And Tomb Raider, the last revelation was like the fourth one. Mm-hmm. And all the whole thing was in Egypt. And like you could climb up the pyramids and do all kinds of cool stuff. So I got really into all the Egyptian lore because of that game. I love I it. Wish, I wish they would re-release. But anyway, yeah, Moon Knight, it's like you said, I like it. I'm not saying, oh, I love it. It's so amazing. It was great. It was fine. It was good. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. It's probably not one that I'm going to go back and like rewatch over and over again. Yeah. Um, so, and plus we, we already know we're getting a new Daredevil show at Disney Plus. So, Okay. I didn't uh, know that. I'd say the defenders are about to get rebuilt up. 
Yeah. I did not see the Netflix version. I never went and watched that, but I hear it was uh, pretty underwhelming. Underwhelming. Yeah. Not awful, just underwhelming. Yeah. Um, so there's currently, Marvel is all over the news. Uh, there is a, currently a fight over the rights to some of Marvel's biggest characters as the heirs of comic book creators seek to terminate Marvel's copyrights over these characters. The Didco estate filed a notice of termination on Spider-Man last month, which is allowed for heirs under the 1976 Copyright Act. This can only be done after waiting a set period and for creations assigned for another person or entity. However, Marvel is fighting back by claiming that these characters were created as work for hire. Yes. Meaning Ditko created these characters for Marvel under contract. If proven... This would mean that Marvel, not Ditko, is the original owner of said characters. Which I th- I think is is valid. Absolutely. I if mean I if I create a drink <coughs> at work, like you've seen on our social media, I've been doing like crazy. You know, mm-hmm. for May the fourth, I created, you know, the Tatooine Sun Sunset. I don't own that. Tennessee Legend like- Distillery owns it. This is a, a bad example, but like if you are a construction guy and you build a house yeah. for something, it's not like, well, that's my house. No, no you built the house for us or for, for your corporation. And so now they own it. You've been paid for that work. Yeah. And you did a great job and you should always receive credit for it and recognition for it. But no, you, you can't have it because it's ours. You did it for us. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, WWE has signed a deal to make an official wrestling role-playing game with an, an official reveal coming soon. Revealed in WWE's latest earnings call, Chief Brand Manager Stephanie McMahon said gaming was a priority for the company, as 80% of its audience are gamers, and it would be expanding that division with a new RPG. That will be intriguing. I mean, you kind of already have that on the games that they have. Kind of. So, but not sure what that would entail. Like, until they give me a VR version where I can walk down the ramp and hear the crowd cheering and get in the ring, I don't know that it's really that impressive, right? Because we've already got that. On the games, you create your own wrestler. You can put them in storylines. So, yeah. what's what are they going for here? Um, I, I I think what I envision it being is like a. I mean, because when I hear role playing game, I think of stuff like Skyrim, Elder Scroll games, you know, Ocarina of Time, stuff like that. Um. So how much more RPG can they become from what they've had? You know, I mean, you've got the creation. You've got, you know, I mean, are they just going to free walk around, you know, drive? Are you going to drive to the arenas? Are you going to get on a plane? <laughs> Stay in the hotel. Stay in hotels. Go to, go to catering. <laughs> yeah. check, check your tweets. Well, you can check your tweets on the yeah. on the game already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, your choices make you... Babyface or a heel already. 
Maybe you get sent back down to developmental if you're not doing well. Like if you're not selling, all your shirts aren't selling well. So we're going to rebrand you. You get future endeavored. Yeah. (laughs) You have to start all over. (laughs) Go go to the, do not pass go. Go back to the Indies. (laughs) I'll be interested to see what it's like. Watch it be something ridiculous like. On an iOS, not on a game system. That's what I was thinking. Too. <laughs> it's going to be a fun game. There's already uh, several of those. Uh, there's like card games, and then there's the Bejeweled one that I love Ugh. to play so much, and and all kinds of stuff. It's insane. <laughs> so, uh, have you watched any Doctor Who? No. You haven't? No. I got into a little bit of Tenant season and a little bit of Matt season, but I have not watched a lot of Doctor Who. However... It has been confirmed that David Tennant and Catherine Tate are returning for the 60th anniversary. They are returning to their characters of Doctor Who. Um, Catherine Tate, as we know, is Nelly from the Nelly office, from right? the office. Yes. Um, I think it's exciting, though. I mean, we love David Tennant. I think I'll check it out just because I know it's a special and, uh, you know, Tennant's great in everything he does. I think I would be completely lost. It's easy to get lost. <laughs> um, it's it's such a, a vast world, man. And, like, you think Supernatural's been difficult to keep up with with 15 seasons? Holy crap, if you went back to the first Doctor Who and started watching. Actually, I lied. I, I That's the only Doctor Who I've seen. I watched the very first one. And it really? was like, not like the old, old, uh, like original series, but the first one of the revamped or whatever. And it was like a bunch of uh, mannequins came to life or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't get it. It's very, it's, it's a vast world, man. And anyone who has kept up with it, my hat's off to you. You deserve a, a, a point system of nerd points that I can't give you. I don't have a a big blue phone booth. Yes. In your room. They call it. Yes. Uh, moving on. You'll be excited about this. Let's check this out. Uh, so we know how successful after its release, Scott Pilgrim has become the cult following that became Scott Pilgrim. Uh, well, as one of the most uh, one of the most well-known graphic novel franchises from the 2000s, its status as a fan favorite inspired Universal to pick up the film rights, as we know. And we even did an episode about it. Yep. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Even though it considerably flopped at the box office, it has become a cult classic after its years in the theater. This movie is the very definition of the cult classic. And with that status, it's surprising that studios have been delving into O'Malley's other works for a story to adapt. That is until recently when it was announced that Blake Lively will be directing the adaptation of O'Malley's follow-up to Scott Pilgrim called Seconds. And Wright would be returning to pen the script and co-produce the film. I did not know Blake Lively was a director. I knew she was a director, but I didn't know she directs stuff like this. So, 
Let's what I mean, has she directed like for television or has she done? Um, She's done some movies. I'm going to look into it. Yes, please I'm, look into it. While you're I'm looking into it, curious. I'm going to read this other news. I'm curious uh, like a cat. That's why my friends call me Whiskers. Yeah, that's why we call you Whiskers. Um, so did you see the reveal trailer to Multiverses? The no. game, the new game. What? No. Warner Brothers Games dropped the teaser trailer for Multiverses. The trailer has been released ahead of previously announced Close Alpha, which is happening currently. Across the WB properties, you will fight with characters from Looney Tunes, Steven Universe, and DC Comics coming together oh. to duke it out. Yeah. The new trailer also reveals several new characters who will make an appearance in the new video game. More specifically, the new Multiverses cinematic trailer includes the introduction of Looney Tunes' Tasmanian Devil. The Iron Giant Ooh. as a playable character. Scooby-Doo's Velma and Shaggy. Beyond the three new fighters, the Multiverses roster has already been confirmed that we will be seeing Rain Dog, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn, Shaggy, Bugs Bunny, Arya Stark, Tom, Jerry, Jake the Dog, Finn the Human, Steven Universe, and dozens and dozens of more to start out with hundreds of more to be coming at a later date. I did actually know about that. This could be a massive yeah. game that even dwarfs Super Smash's roster. So yeah. I'm excited. Did Imagine you Arya Stark fighting Shaggy. Did you see that there is going to be like a new HBO Max Scooby-Doo series that's like PG-13 on the yeah. verge of R-rated? It's called Velma. Yeah. Like a prequel series, right? Yeah. And they're doing a live action on the CW that's very much like uh, Riverdale. Weird. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'll check it out. So we've got some trailers that have dropped in recent days. Did you see the Boys Season 3 trailer? No. Bro. I haven't Bro. seen anything this past week. It's the end of school, man. I'm in I know. school. Dude. I'm trying to get out of there. You need to see the season three trailer. They also yeah. released She-Hulk trailer. No, I haven't seen that either. A um, lot of great stuff. We've also, we're waiting on pins and needles for Geek Week at Netflix for them to release the Umbrella trailer, which they're probably going to do. Guess what, bro? What? We canceled our Netflix already. Already? Yeah. What about Stranger Things? I'll, I guess I'll get it back whenever that is, a couple months or whatever. But yeah, for now, we're, we're not using it at all. And we've talked about this for so long. I'm probably going to get rid of Netflix. I'm probably going to get rid of it. And we did. Wow. We, we pulled the trigger, man. That is a shock. Why don't we time out for just a second so I can quickly watch the boys trailer and you can get a immediate reaction to it. How about we do that? BRB, everybody. Thirty and Nerdy Podcast is brought to you by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Established in the summer of 2015, Tennessee Legend Distillery is more than just another moonshine stop in the Smoky Mountains. From our multi-award-winning, silky smooth salted caramel whiskey to our King Snake two-year-old bourbon whiskey, our local favorite vodka. And even our legendary line of cream liqueurs, there is something for everyone. 
Focusing on a small town vibe, our family and friend owned and operated business has kept us grounded to the heritage of the volunteer state with our fun, courteous, and smiling staff. Come in for free tastings and leave with your spirit of choice, whether it be Richard's Damn Good Gin or the legendary Hammershine. You can find us on social media by searching Tennessee Legend Distillery, where you can see behind-the-scenes features, new deals, and our always fan-favorite Thirsty Thursday cocktail recipes. Now, we do have two locations here in Sevierville, one on Highway 66, one on Newport Highway. We also have locations in Cookville and Nashville. If you do visit our Sevierville location located at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway, Tell them the guys at 30 and Nerdy Podcast sent you. You'll receive a free shot glass and 15% off your purchase. What are you waiting for? Come be a legend at Tennessee Legend Distillery. Cheers to you, nerds. Join our friends at Encore this spring for Ken Ludwig's hilarious farce, Moon Over Buffalo. With a plethora of pratfalls, slamming doors aplenty, and backstage shenanigans, King Ludwig's Moon Over Buffalo is a fast-paced, hilarious screwball comedy in the old tradition, a throwback farce, a valentine to the stage, and the larger-than-life personalities that inhabit the world of the theater. This production runs May 27th through June the 4th at Encore's new home at Oak Tree Plaza, 1570 Buffalo Trail in Morristown, Tennessee. For tickets to this show or season tickets for the entire year, go to etcplays.org or call 423-813-8331. Encore Theatrical Company believes in the power of the arts, and if you come check out what Encore has to offer, we're certain you will too. Because it's not just theater, it's Encore. What's up, nerds? This is Rich from the Three Fat Nerds Podcast, and you're listening to our Council of Nerds Brethren, the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. Of course, when you're done with this awesome podcast, you can check out the Three Fat Nerd Podcast wherever you get great podcasts just by searching Three Fat Nerds. And if you want all your information about what we do over there, you can visit 8122productions.com. Now let's get back to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. can beat him up doesn't give you the right to remember with great power comes great responsibility Cheers, we all fly away. And 
Welcome back, nerds and nerdettes. We are celebrating 20 years of Spider-Man. Spider-Man, the movie is almost old enough to buy a beverage, an adult beverage at a, at a bar or, or yeah. uh, some such similar establishment. Yes. Yes. Crazy. Oh I mean, it's where crazy. is the time gone? 20 years. I remember the days when Spider-Man and X-Men and all that was all we had. And now wow. we are spoiled. We're spoiled rotten the with all the these days with their MCU and their connecting storylines. They have no idea. Not a clue. Not a clue yeah. what it used to be like. Back we in were, our day, when we, were, we got Ghost Rider we had, and we um, liked it. No continuity, no connection, no cameos. Well, it we was get- madness. We were we were walking up hill to school both ways. It was dogs and cats were living together. Mass it was it was madness. Ugh. We got the Fantastic Four, and you know what? We liked it. We, we got the X Men. We liked it because it was we all got we had. Daredevil. We got Ghost Rider. We got Blade, and we liked it. We didn't complain. <sighs> anyway, That's... how do we talk about Spider Man from two thousand two? Because you know what? It, there are so many of those movies that we've just named in in jest, uh, but that you come back. 20 years later or however many years and you watch them and they just don't quite hold up. They're a little disappointing. Right. But this one, not the case, my friend, -uh, nay, nay, because uh, I've actually watched it like twice over uh, the the past week or so. Uh, And it's not back in the day. Obviously this was one I knew like the back of my head, but as we have been spoiled uh, over the years with all the new stuff, I haven't revisited a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And I watched it before No Way Home was was released and then in preparation for this. And it just holds up so well. It is such a great story. The performances, man, the cast, the uh, the action, the heart of, of this story, the music, all of it just brought me back. It was like an old friend, you know, and that sounds sort of corny and cheesy. And I know that it does, no, but it. that's genuinely how it feels. It's like. This is an old childhood friend of mine, this movie, you know? Yeah. And for a couple hours there, I was invested. I didn't touch my cell phone. I didn't look up. I didn't move. I just watched this movie. And, um, man, it, it's so good. I forgot you were, how you were good it was. 12 again. Yeah. And you were watching your favorite comic book hero in the big screen and the live yes, action absolutely We'd never gotten it before in mm-hmm. cinema and and all things were easy back then for us yeah um what a time i, I get appreciate that it while you can kids yeah i get that feeling uh so obviously we we're talking about uh spider-man released may 3rd 2002 directed by the incomparable sam raimi now this is a weird thing to see in 2022 budget was only 139 million dollars mm-hmm. but the box office made 825 million 100 million of that was opening weekend and at the time mm-hmm. unheard of that had really not happened yeah so it was it was guinness book worthy at the time yeah. like oh my god 100 million dollars in the opening weekend and you know this is off the the tale of X-Men, uh, the mm-hmm. first X-Men had been out at this point, 
and blade and all that. Mm -hmm. So we're really at the forefront of this tidal wave of the superhero mania that has lasted to this day, 20 years later, and we're still going strong. Superheroes are the number one thing pretty much in, in the entertainment world. Yeah. And this was really one of the first things to, to kick it off because X-Men, it, that's a huge title, obviously, but Spider-Man, everybody loves Spider-Man. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember being a kid and being just absolutely out of my mind excited about Spider-Man. And I just thought there was nothing like it. He was all over Dr. Pepper cans. I remember that. Yep. The partnership with Dr. Pepper and Spider-Man. Yep. Um, the toys at fast food restaurants. That was one of the things that I loved the most growing up about when a new big movie would come out was the merchandise everywhere. Man, do you remember in like 1999 when episode one was being oh. released? You walk into the store and there's aisles of Star Wars. I remember yeah. seeing like the big, the Naboo fighters, the yellow fighters, like on cardboard cutouts and stuff hanging from ceilings and everything. I had at one point in middle school, I still had them. I don't know what happened in my transition from middle school to high school, but I had all the Dr. Pepper cans with every character from episode one. I remember those. Little Anakin. Queen Amidala, Queen Amidala, Qui -Gon, Qui -Gon. Darth Maul, Obi Wan. Mm -hmm. I had the whole thing lining up that stairwell. You know when you walk down into my room, mm -hmm. that st that banister. Yeah. I had them all lined up. They were empty. Yeah. I drank out of them, but by God, the cans were sitting there. Yeah, yeah. I had oh. some Darth Maul sandals. Ooh, and I got them before I'd even seen the movie. You but Darth Maul just looked so cool. I was like, I got a kid in school with your Sith yeah. sandals. <laughs> I guess at the time. No, no, you no, are not quite. <laughs> but but if they only knew then, if they only knew how cool it would be 20 years later and that they would be clamoring for Darth Maul at, at a later date. This oh, one yeah. off villain in this movie. In just a few short years, people would be like, he should still be alive. We want more Darth Maul. He was the greatest. Well, that's a discussion for another time. But we are here to talk about Spider-Man. So let's just give you, if it's been a while since you've uh, revisited Spider-Man, let's give you a little refresher. Spider-Man from 2002 chronicles the hero's origins and his early superhero career. After being bitten by a genetically altered spider, we all know the story, the outcast teenage genius Peter Parker develops spider-like superhuman abilities and adopts a masked identity to fight crime and injustice in New York City. And he faces the villainous Green Goblin in the process. God. Now, we, we've been talking about memories. Somehow we got onto a Star Wars uh, <laughs> yeah. discussion. I think that was my fault. But let's talk specifically about the memories from from spider-man back in the day so okay. one of the things that i had forgotten about that at the time was a huge deal for me was this song hero with chad kroger from nickelback and josie scott from saliva yeah. now it's been shared here on this show before that i enjoy a little bit of rock and roll from time to time part of every day very often actually i enjoy rock and roll music and even as a kid this song I love this song. They say a hero can save us. I'm not going to stand here and wait. I'll hold on to the wings of the eagles. Watch 
as we all fly away. <laughs> I remember my my uh, grandfather had like a a little radio that you know you could record stuff on, and I was like, I'm gonna go record myself singing this song. Song told me love don't And I sang it to the best of my ability, and I made the awful mistake of going back and listening to it. Not good. Not good. And it was then and there that I knew I would never be a rock star for real. So, (laughs) but I did join choir and got, you know, invested in your voice. I got a little bit better at it, but still, I don't think that's a song that I should be singing. That's a tough song, but. A great song, powerful song. I played that bad boy on blast a few days ago uh, after watching the movie on repeat in my car like three times, just blasting. One of my favorite TikToks that I follow these days is just a guy who puts that song to different moments in in TV and cinema and says, works here too. Like, I mean, you should look these videos up. It's like, God, you could put this song anywhere where there's a climax and an action moment like the the at the end of Jurassic World her character getting the T-Rex to come fight the big the big guy they put the song to that moment where she's running with the flame and and he, the T-Rex turns the corner and it's like and they say that a hero can save it's just like you could put this song to anything and it makes it that heroic feeling frodo and Gollum are struggling at the edge of mount doom falling over the side sam's going he's reaching his hand down for him and they say that yeah right there that's perfect or like Uh, when they're climbing up the mountain before they get inside and i can't carry it for you but i can carry you uh, throws him over his shoulder boom chorus or anytime anytime sam shows up to save frodo's butt (laughs) yeah (laughs) So beyond that song, also there's that super memorable Danny Elfman theme. Da, 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 da. that kind of thing that and they use that motif through all of them yeah and i feel like we got little hints of that in some of the no way home score oh yeah yeah um so that was really memorable all the music and then we've already touched on merchandise back when we were kids man when a big movie came out there were toys there were video games you remember just the video games of the movies that we had yeah every single movie had a game like i remember there was a phantom menace video game the spider-man game spider-man 2 game they don't do that anymore 
There, there are no longer movie video games, and I don't know God, why that is. Could you imagine if the MCU released a game every year with its movie? Man, it'd be crazy. They couldn't keep up. That's probably why. There's, they just can't keep up nowadays. Yeah. But even like back then, there was a Tarzan game that went yeah. with the movie. Everything, like everything. Um, I mean, and I even, missed that. Even further back, I mean, Page Master had a video game. Yeah. Uh, Lion King had a video game. Aladdin. Yep, Aladdin. Had a video game. I mean. You just released video games with the movies, and you gave us the opportunity. Batman to Forever, yeah, all the all those early Batmans, even even Christopher Nolan's Batman, one had a video. Yeah, game. it did, it did, absolutely. And some uh, stopped. I would, I would love to have more of that, you know. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so we have quite the cast oh. in this movie. I mean, really well cast uh, characters here. Toby Maguire playing Peter Parker. I'm going to say this, okay? This could be potentially controversial. Actually, for people our age, this is very controversial. For my money, Toby Maguire is the best Peter Parker. Best Spider-Man? No, I, I don't think so. Best Peter Parker? Yes, for me. For me personally. Okay. Your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Um... It's so hard, man, with Tom Holland being like this perfect package. Tom's my favorite Spidey. But, but not because Tobey Maguire, when you look at him, he looks like an underdog. Even after, you know, he's bitten and he's got the muscles and stuff. Just something about Tobey Maguire and the way he talks and just his whole the air about him. It's just like underdog, nerd. I would I wouldn't give him a second look. There's no way that you could see him hanging out with Mary Jane and everything. You know, I believe that big time. No yeah. one would suspect that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Yeah. But Tom Holland, everybody's swooning over Tom Holland, and he's buff, and he's funny, and he's handsome, you know. There's nothing about yeah. him that that is underdog. I would agree with that. He's now too he pretty. Get, he does have the, like, the nerdy little uh, – Personality. Y'all ever seen everything. that really old movie? Yeah, he he nails that part of it, but I don't look at him and and think, you know, Peter Parker. Yeah, I would, I would, then I would agree. I before, you know, before we got Tom Holland, my arguments would be with people is there's no, there's no argument with who's better at what. Toby's a better Peter Parker. Andrew Garfield's Spider Man stuff is cooler. Yeah. But now and Andrew Garfield as Peter, it's the same thing. Like he was so cool. He was a, he, he was, was a, handsome, he was a gothy, cool skaterboard. Yeah. Like he was handsome and he was funny. He had swag. And what was there about him that wasn't likable? Why would there be anybody wanting to bully him? I, so anyway, uh, but I've learned this about Mr. Toby McGuire before landing the role. He had never read a single Spider-Man comic book. He knew nothing about it. All he really cared about was, is this a good script? And he thought it was. He thought it was interesting and fun, so, so he agreed to do it. Uh, now, Sam Raimi is a huge comic book fan, especially Spider-Man, oh, yeah. big-time Spider-Man fan. So him being a part of the project and the, the heart and the, uh, what's the, what's the, word? the passion, I suppose, yeah. that, that he put into it as a fan, I think really shows and, and, and goes a long way. But anyway, uh, he hadn't read, Toby McGuire that is, had not read the comics. Uh, and also, actors 
such as Leonardo DiCaprio, Heath Ledger, and Freddie Prince Jr. were all considered for the role of Spider-Man. Leonardo DiCaprio, fresh off of, well, about five years after Titanic, he's still like one of the top heartthrobs. Yeah, he's too Um, You know, the name recognition would go a long way, but for the purposes of Peter Parker and, uh, you know, I I don't think he would have been a good choice. I don't remember much of Heath Ledger before 10 Things I Hate About You. So I don't think anybody does. um, (laughs) Freddie Prince Jr., same thing. I, First I would thing have I liked remember him as I know what you did last summer. I would have liked to have seen him. I think he would have been great. But same thing. Like these dudes are too good looking. These are hard. Tommy McGuire is not like a super handsome fella. No, no. These are nineties hot heartthrobs that were absolutely there. Yeah. These were on the cover of every seventeen magazine and stuff. Now, where would a hero be without a great villain? And we oh. certainly certainly got a great villain out of the Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, played by the one and only the legendary, the American treasure, Willem Dafoe. Dafoe. Willem. Dafoe. You've seen the Boondock Saints, right? Absolutely. Okay, that's what I thought, yeah. I know, it's a great That's my absolute favorite Willem Dafoe performance of all time. As much as I love Green Goblin, I love him in that movie. Oh, it's so good. And what's crazy about Willem is after Green Goblin, he started getting, oh, you should be Joker. You could be Joker. For like oh, 20 yeah. years now, he's been said he should be automatically, he should be Joker. He's he would have look. made an excellent Well, Joker. now I think he'd be great as like an Arkham Joker, like the games. Yeah. If they did that, movies. All the, the fan art that you see is of the Arkham Joker yeah. uh, and with him. When he hosted SNL back when, uh, no Way Home came out. He said yeah. in his opening thing, he said, one of the things that I hear the most is, uh, God, you really would be a great Joker. And he was like, and mm-hmm. it's so good to know that I give off the vibe of a sociopath. And, <laughs> you know, but he it, was he killed it on SNL, by the way. Oh, he was. Great. That was that was a good episode. And he killed it. In no Way Home. 20 years later. Yeah. Back as the Green Goblin. And well, I left. I appreciate the fact that that he said if i'm doing this i want to do it right i want to do as much of the stunts as i can i don't want it to be like a hey i'm here now i'm gone i want to really put in the work yeah and i love that about him yeah um he is what someone who just really takes his craft very seriously and mm. you can you can really see that on him if you go back and you know if you've got if you've got the movie and you watch some of the special features and stuff like i've spent some time doing you can see him testing out the flight uh the the glider and yeah. and he's a very physical actor oh yeah so yeah, he's I a lot of goblin fun is very physical and very fun. that that voice that evil cackle you know <laughs> you lose spider-man you know oh, he's great he's yeah. one of the best villains uh for, it, for me he's definitely in the top five of superhero villains the willem dafoe Green of all or, oh live action Yes. Yes, yeah. I would agree. Absolutely. All right. How you feel about Kirsten Dunst? I love her. I love Kirsten. I miss Kirsten Dunst. Doesn't I, do much. I, I would love to see something where she gets to be a part of a crossover or whatever. I I don't know that they're going to continue anything with the Spider-Man crossover deal and all that stuff, but I would have loved to have, have seen her come back for something. I loved Kirsten Dunst as a kid 
before she was Mary Jane because she was in Jumanji and yep. she was in Interview with a Vampire. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so she's had Little Women. She's had a career far bef- before, really. I mean, Toby was in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but Toby you know. was Toby was in uh, the Cider House Rules. Yes, he was. Which I think was what got him looked at for Spider Man. Mm-hmm. I want to say I may be wrong on that. I can't remember if she's the girl in Small Soldiers or not. I, that sounds right. That sounds right. She the girl? Yeah, I believe so. Great movie. Also underrated. Um, I love Kirsten Dunst. I miss her. I know she doesn't do much anymore. Um, but what she does is very selective these days. And I respect mm-hmm. that because uh, she's given most of her life to this craft. She captured the girl next door feel which is what mary jane is supposed to be well the full fun fact is andy samberg based most of rod and have you seen hot rod yeah their interactions you know she's the girl next door their next door neighbors he's taking out the trash they talk to each other he based all that on this movie this moment these moments at the Mm -hmm. fence with peter parker and mary jane i cried like a baby when you played cinderella it was the first grade. Well, still, it was good. This James was, Frank. And that Sorry. was me. That was me flirting as at, in like middle school and high school. I flirted you, the way that Peter Parker. Flirted. Give him these big compliments. Oh, and, yeah. You were amazing. Yeah. Tyler, that was six years ago. But still, it stays with me. <laughs> mm, not me, man. My move was make him laugh. Yeah. And if you make him laugh without trying to make him laugh. Then you really you marry him. Yeah, that's what happened to me. <laughs> Becky laughs at me all the time when I'm not trying to be funny. I do too. Laughing man. at me, laughing with me. I'm not sure. Uh, James Franco as Harry Osborne. Mm. He was. They brought him in uh, for Peter. Yeah. They wanted. They. They. He was really in the running for it. And I think he was the one who said, "I don't feel like I'm. I'm right for this." Uh, but they wanted him involved because he did so well. And look, I know that James Franco now he's he's controversial. Yeah, um, he's not really and, a topic that people discuss. Yeah, he's he's made made some mistakes, uh, yeah. but he's he still is a great actor. And uh, as as Harry, he was he's perfect. Great as Harry. Yeah. Um, this isn't in the first one, but God, in that uh, was it the the second one where uh, Peter's at the theater watching. Mary Jane, and he's just looking down at him. Mm-hmm. Just stare that second one or third one. I think the third one because he found and out. He found out in the third one. Yeah. Then he bumped his head and he forgot. Yeah, I think. Yeah, there's just that look down at him. God, he was he a was, great. He was great as Harry. Yeah, and the dynamic uh, with him and Willem were great. Was great. Yeah, I. I, I thought he was really good. And the there's some, I think it's in at the end and he's got the tears in his eyes. What did you do? What did you do? I don't know. That always stuck with me. Yeah. Now, how about this? You can't have uh, Spider-Man without Uncle Ben and Aunt May, right? Cliff Robertson as Uncle Ben. I want to tell you a little something about Mr. Cliff Robertson. I went on a Wikipedia deep dive. So who knows, but why would we lie about this, right? This man 
was a certified BA. Okay. Really? He was a he was a pilot. So he yeah. had his own plane and he was flying right above the World Trade Center on September 11th. Oh my god. Yes, as as it happened. Hang on, let me quickly run over to his Wikipedia here. Uh, Robertson was flying a private Beechcraft Baron over New York City on the morning of September 11th, 2001, two days after his 78th birthday. He was directly above the World Trade Center, climbing through 7,500 feet when the first uh, Boeing 767 struck. He was instructed by air traffic control to land immediately at the nearest airport after a nationwide order to ground all civilian commercial aircraft following the attacks. Jeez. Yeah. So he was a, a pilot and a, a, a plane mechanic. Uh, at the age of 13, he was cleaning hangars to get airplane rides. He met Charles Lindbergh while flying at local California oh. airports. In 1969, during the Civil War conflict in Nigeria, Robertson helped organize an effort to fly food and medical supplies into the area. He also organized flights of supplies to the ravaged country of Ethiopia when it experienced famine in 1978. Wow. What a guy. What a life. To me, that makes somebody a hero. Like, doing stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's not talked about. You know, most people probably don't know that. We assume it's true. But man, a lot of people more people like that know, should be recognized. A lot of people would not know that this is not his first comic book outing. And uh, no. from, from 1966 to 1968, he was in the Adam West Batman show. Yes. As Shane. I, did do that. I don't remember so, who Shane is. But. He gives us the iconic great power, great responsibility line sitting in the car uh, before Peter goes to the wrestling match. And it's just one of those, I don't know, that that version of the quote, I think, is my favorite one. Yeah. Because he's just he's just Uncle Ben. He's my, he's our Uncle Ben. Uh, they reused that clip in Into the Spider-Verse, the audio of him saying it. And then finally, our dear old Aunt May, Rosemary Harris, who is still alive to this day. She's, like she's an she's an English lady. Uh, she is like 98 years old. I don't know. I'm sure she's not working anymore, obviously. But it would have been great to see her, her make a little appearance as well. You know, even just if we saw just an image of her. I would have loved that. Because I, I always have like such a heart for the old people. I, I love my grandparents so dearly. I mean, my grandparents really had a huge hand in, in raising me. So I look at Rosemary Harris, this sweet little old woman, you know, here, let me fix you some food. Let me give you some money. Let me do this for you. Aunt May in this movie made me think of my grandmother yeah. all the time. So, yeah. you know, for me, for sentimental reasons, I love this Aunt May. No, and so, and that's our cast. What a cast it was. Oh, it was great. A great cast. Um, I mean, because at the end of the day, this is the this is the first cast that's going to introduce us to the world of Spider-Man in the big screen. Um, right. 
they get that same pressure that the first Blade films cast and the first X-Men's cast. Like, the first X-Men cast, like, you know, you're having to bring to life Professor Xavier, Wolverine. Toby, you're having to bring to the real world Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. One of the top-selling comic book names in the history of Marvel. You have to bring him to the live action. No pressure. Yeah. Uh, we also did not mention Mr. J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson, yes. who I think it was also perfectly cast in the role. And I'm so glad that he so came back, brought him back for the MCU. One of the one of my biggest freak out moments. Oh, I remember. And the MCU was when we saw him at the end of uh, Far From Home. And there you I have it, just, folks. I was shooketh. Mysterious, so, possibly one of the greatest superheroes to ever walk the planet. There's a matter. Uh, Speaking of of J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, the moment when he Peter is sitting in the office with him, and Goblin shows up and blows the wall apart, and grabs him, and is picking him up. Where's Spider Man? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Why do you think he said that? I don't know. Jameson doesn't care about Peter Parker. He doesn't care. Why would he try to protect him? He doesn't know Peter Parker Spider Man. Okay, no. Who, but who's given you the pictures, Jonah? Who's given you the pictures of Spider Man? Oh, yeah, he Peter easily, is right. He easily could have said, Ask he this kid, this kid right here, let me go. That's totally his character, right? Okay, but then who's going to get him his pictures of Spider Man? Nobody. Peter's the only one who's given him the good pictures. So he wasn't protecting Peter, he was protecting himself. That wallet, yeah, absolutely. I thought that, uh, we could just talk about some of our highlights of this movie. And, okay. and I've gone ahead and I've done a couple of little deep dives here, but one of the most memorable things of this movie for me is the whole wrestling match bit. Hands down. Uh, nowadays you watch this, you see Octavia Spencer there. She's taking the name. She's saying, you understand that we're not li- We're not held responsible for any injuries you can and most likely will sustain Blah, 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 blah. She wasn't really a, a big name back then, but now Octavia Spencer, she's huge. God, she's really, really a big deal. Um, I knew who she was, though, because I was a big fan of the movie Big Mama's House. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I loved that movie. And Octavia Spencer yeah. was like, she was one of the cousins or something. Yeah. So I recognized her right away. But it's Sherry, funny. Is that Go, you? Sherry, <laughs> baby. You can't, you can't come up to a woman's door leading with your shaboy boy. <laughs> Get it together. Uh, so we have our, in typical Sam Raimi fashion, we got our Bruce Campbell appearance, right? Yes. The, the ring announcer who Man, gives man. him the name Spider-Man. Absolutely. What's your name, kid? I learned that the guy being carried out on the stretcher as Peter is approaching, that's Jack Murdoch, the father of Matt Murdoch, Daredevil himself. They gave him the name Jack Murdoch? That's what they said. They said that's supposed to be the Jack Murdoch. Now, there's not really much of a reference to it, but I saw multiple sources who said, 
that is Jack Murdoch. And so it's like a little Easter egg, right? Okay. Now, as wrestling fans, we obviously are so excited to see the Macho Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bonesaw McGraw. Bonesaw, he's ready. Uh, basically, he was just Macho Man. That's yeah. all. He was WCW there, Macho Man. Uh, someone. No, in 2002, WCW was gone already. Uh, someone no, saying he was the Macho Man was not the WWE Macho Man. Bones oh was yeah, right, like right, right. Straight WCW like NWO yeah. Macho Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who Bonesaw is. Uh, someone I can't remember who it was talked about sharing a uh, their trailer was next to his or shared a dressing room or something like that, and talked about you know Randy Savage had his lady friends over. <laughs> he was a single man at the time. And you could hear some interesting things taking place next door with Macho Man and his lady friends. Interesting. I, I can only imagine. Macho Man was an intense individual. He was snapping and, into a slim gym. Uh, he was snapping something. Now, this whole look for this wrestling match was meant to look, according to Sam Raimi, like, like a fishbowl. Like Peter yeah. should feel very... Um, almost in. it should be claustrophobic. So, like the fans are very up close to the ring, and they go, they're tiered sort of up, and it should feel like everything is looking down onto to Peter in the ring there. Mm-hmm. And they they capture that because you feel that that anxiety, right? Yeah. Like, oh, everybody's throwing stuff at him, and they're booing. You got this crazy wrestler who's gonna try to break him in half. Oh well, how do you feel now about? Uh, What's the line about? Oh, that's a cute outfit you're wearing. Did your husband buy it for you? You can't make jokes like that in 2022. No, you can't. Even you can't even that. for 2002, I felt like that was a little or a little backwards here on this. So yeah, the wrestling match. Any other? Uh, just the quotability of it. I mean, we quote Bonesaw all the time. Oh yeah, Macho Man is just <laughs> he's so ridiculous. What a guy. He's just so... He was crazy. Outlandish. Like, we've got Spider-Man in the ring in, like, the first take of his costume. Mm-hmm. we got Bruce Campbell, the legend from Evil Dead. The only thing that sticks out every time in this scene is this ridiculous, ridiculously big at the time macho man he's yeah. so veiny and sweaty and biker barry and wow disgusting and loud aggressive yeah it's just like it sticks out to this day i'm just like ooh, i feel like he smelled so bad <laughs> like i feel like on set he just <laughs> yeah, he just, looks like it because like he died a few years later uh yeah he did so i mean he wasn't at his best in this movie um have you ever heard any of his rap album no no did you know it existed i knew it existed but no most of it was him trying to get a rise out of hulk hogan he's calling him out be a man hogan oh he hated uh hulk in real life um people do yeah well but they were like tight close friends for a long time and you know things happen the thing that shocks me the most about this scene aside from him, is probably Octavia's rise after this movie. Like, Mm -hmm. 
I mean, she's like a Oscar nominated actress. Oh now, yeah, like award the help. Winning. Oh my God, the help. Hidden uh, figures. Hidden figures. Uh, was it uh, where she plays the? Is it Mama or Mama? Yeah, yeah, she was in The Shape of Water. Yeah, yeah, she's a great actress. So her, after that. What's one of the most iconic moments of this movie? If you had to pick, like, this is the moment when people say, you know, oh, Spider Man. Yeah. So it's not go web go. It's not <laughs> Shazam. <that>. Um, <laughs> the kiss. You're absolutely right. Everyone loves that upside down kiss. Yeah. That was such a creative, romantic, uh, great moment. Yeah. Uh, now, it does really look that way, doesn't it? But in real life, it was not so romantic because obviously Tobey Maguire is hanging upside down. He's got the mask on. They, they've got the rain going and he's trying to kiss uh, Mary Jane. But this water is going down into his nose. So you know what it's like when you get water in your nose, your sinuses start acting up. And so he's yeah, it was a real nasty messy kiss apparently. um plus if you go back and watch it now um mary jane's not wearing a bra yeah this is this was pretty risque yeah. for 2002 like and kirsten dunce is a well-endowed person you know she was just in this what pink top mm-hmm. pouring down rain very thin um, very thin pink top in the pouring rain Sex sales, man. It does. Especially in 2002. It did then, especially. Um, But yeah, uh, the kiss is special to you. Being the the nerd that I am and the Spider-Man fan that I am, as soon as I got engaged, I think it's probably the weekend after I got engaged to Becky. I, Of course, I have a Spider-Man suit. I mean, come on, it's me. Uh, We went to a local elementary school playground where they have you know those little it looks like a dome that you can climb up and you can get inside of like you and your friends could get in that little dome and have meetings and stuff we got in one of those and i went and hung upside down in my spider-man suit and we took a picture of becky pulling the mask down giving me a kiss and you could see her ring on her hand yeah as she's pulling the mask down have you seen that picture yeah that's one of my favorite picture forever oh yeah yeah (laughs) So that's a very special. Actually, we still kind of do that. Like she sits in the floor in front of her mirror to do her makeup before school every morning. So I'll come in to say bye because I always leave first. Yeah. yeah and I'll lean down and we do the upside down thing. Kind of yeah. your thing. It is. Um, the other thing that obviously if you have a movie in New York, mm-hmm. you have to have Times Square. Doesn't matter if it's Marvel, doesn't matter if it's a rom-com. If you're in New York, Times Square is important to be seen because it's the center of the universe. It's, you know, everything is happening in Times Square. And we get some great Times Square moments in this movie. Yeah, the big attack of the the Green Goblin. What was the event? The World Unity Fair or something like that? It's kind of playing off of World's Fair. Yeah. And it was meant to be some big celebration for Oscorp or something was happening there. And obviously Norman being, you know, they tried to get him out of his own company and all this, he's going to show up and make him regret it, which he does. 
So he interrupts the fantastic Macy Gray concert. I mean, Macy Gray. Trying to say goodbye and not joke. Bro, have you seen, you know, I'm not a TikTok guy or whatever, but I have seen this clip of, I guess it had to be a Lakers game or something. And they're doing the national anthem. And Macy Gray, bless her heart, is trying to sing the national anthem. And she's doing it in very Macy Gray style. The Rockets, man, yeah. You know. Oh, no. And LeBron is standing there. <laughs> he's just like just trying. Just... He, well, he's like kind of laughing. He's trying to keep it, you know, because he's trying to be respectful, obviously. Yeah. And she's just, it was not good. And the camera's right on him, and he looks up, and he's smirking, and he sees the camera on him, and he starts shaking his head no, and he looks away, and there's a reaction of people laughing and everything. I know he was he was so embarrassed. I love LeBron. Oh, darn. <laughs> anyway, Macy Gray. Because she was, that. you know, an upcoming voice of these this era. She's got a very unique voice, doesn't she? And I, uh, I can't sit here and say I'm a huge Macy Gray fan, man. Yeah. I listen to her every day in my free time. I know that one song. <laughs> I know the one song. Um, um I think I know it. one or two of them. I, I I I couldn't like tell you what it was right now. I, I had a, I used to have a friend named Chris, uh, who I was very he had very eclectic taste in music, much like myself. And uh, he was a really big Macy Gray fan, surprisingly, which uh, you you know him, too. He that's surprising. Isn't he it? doesn't scream Macy Gray. No, fans. not at all. But he was uh, I, other than Macy Gray and the all oh, those the bombs that he throws where it turns the dudes into skeletons, you know, like that flash completely thing. obliterates them like all oh, men their body creeped me out as a kid yeah majorly something that's like whoa blast from the past for me is when you see goblin gliding in and there's all the advertisements and signs and everything and there was the big logo and sign for singular wireless do you remember singular yeah it was orange. yeah i had i had singular uh and i think at&t bought them bought out singular. or it singular became at&t or yeah. something like that at&t bought singular. but i hadn't seen that logo in years wow. thought about singular in years and i remember like my first cell phone when you turned it on the singular logo yeah. would flash Little check mark yeah uh, and this was where we got our which now uh any superhero movie up until his uh, his death unfortunately we had a stan lee cameo yeah and this was sort of the early days of that he this was before he was speaking it was just yeah. like a glimpse of him. He was pulling a little girl out of the way of some rubble falling down. Yeah. I think that was that was his second one because yeah. he had done X-Men. He was like a guy on the beach or something. Yeah. I learned. Uh, yeah. Now, technically, it's his third cameo. There was a television show back in the... It was The Incredible Hulk, actually. like It was the 80s or whenever it was. The Lou Ferrigno. He played a member of a jury. In a courtroom, Stan did. That's his. That's his first. That was his actual first one. Now I have not actually seen it myself, but I saw like a little clip of it. Technically, he cameoed in the animated Spider-Man series as Stan Lee. In a yes, he did because like Web takes him to a universe where and Peter meets writer. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the actual Spider-Man, the superhero of our of the universe you're watching, where superheroes exist, blah blah blah. 
gets taken to a universe where superheroes don't exist and he's writing about Spider-Man. I seem to recall, um, and I maybe I'm making this up, but before the X-Men animated series that we know and love, that there was another animated version of the X-Men. I might be making this up, but I remember that it started with like helicopters flying over and Stanley's voice. Uh, Hugh Jackman, or Hugh Jackman. Uh, Wolverine was actually a, a really angry Aussie sounding Listen, we're the X-Men. Yeah, that's that's right. Kitty so Pride. this is a real thing. Uh, there was a whole movie released before the series where Kitty Pride made her debut. She's the new one to the school. Um, was it Pride of the X-Men? Yes, Pride of it the was X-Men. A, it was a half-hour pilot X-Men yeah. episode titled X-Men, Pride of the X-Men. Yes. But it started with Stan uh, doing yes. like a little intro to it. Hey, yeah. true believers and all yeah. that. I still have that VHS. Do you? Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's worth anything. Probably not. I mean, it, to you it is. Oh, so yeah. that's that's really all that matters. Because Dazzler has that. Dazzler's an X Man, and she's got that dragon thing on her shoulder. Didn't it start with like the helicopter flying over, and it was like Magneto, and yeah. he had like a his little shield force field around. Yeah. Him? And uh, Blob was in it, and uh, Pyro, and uh, Emma Frost. Gotcha. Uh, I need to, I need to go back and the watch the Frost that. Queen at the time or something. Or... I think the whole thing is on YouTube. I think it is. So I have to check that out. It's 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 interesting. <laughs> Going back <sighs> now, I am. I probably shouldn't be so open about saying this, but I love Wikipedia. I know the rules. I get it. I understand. And as a teacher, I have to tell my kids, "Don't trust." You me. cannot use Wikipedia. You cannot. Yeah. I actually had to have that argument this past week. Um, but I love to go on Wikipedia deep dives. I learned so much from it. And if it's something I really care a lot about, I, I try to dig a little further to make sure. But the moon dance diner, I did a moon dance diner deep dive. Okay. You know, that's where Mary Jane was working Yeah, when she comes out and Peter catches her. And then she's trying to hide the fact that she's a waitress. And the dude comes out. Hey, Miss Watson, you drawer was six dollars short okay enrique blah 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 the moon dance diner it is a legendary hold on hold on yes yes moon dance is where uh what's his name jonathan larson yes creator of rent worked there bingo you got it yeah all right so jonathan larson who was the creator of the musical rent recently andrew garfield played him in the movie tick tick boom which is a musical based on his life. And it was really good. And they did a really uh, great number set in the diner. And all these Broadway legends are there uh, in the, in the musical or in that song in particular, Jesse L. Martin, who was also in rent and and we know him from the flash. Right. Uh, So he worked there as well. And and they were friends. John Larson worked there for 10 years, actually. But the Moondance Diner was located in Soho at 86th Avenue, not 86, but 80 space 6th Avenue. It was opened in 1933, and it was 36 by 16 feet, and it could seat 34 people with six tables and 10 counter stools. It was a pretty cramped little, little location. 
Uh, it was bought and they actually moved it. They put it on a trailer and physically moved the building wow. uh, to Wyoming. Yeah, someone first it went like to a museum and then someone bought it from the museum. So they bought a trailer. The trailer cost more than the actual diner itself, more than what they paid for that. They transported it like 2000 something miles to Wyoming and it just sort of sat there and fell into disrepair. There was this big snow and all the snow got on the roof and the whole thing just caved in. Um, so that's bad. But someone repaired and restored it and they uh, opened it back up for business. And it lasted until 2012, March of 2012, where it was finally permanently closed down. Put to rest. Yes. And that is your deep dive on the Moon Dance Diner that you didn't know you needed. but. Why not? Well, that's part of New York. That's true. Part of history in New York. I this, and okay, so I, you know we're not trying to get into Marvel versus DC debate here, um, but I think that that is one of the reasons why, for me, and I think for a lot of people, that Marvel is more relatable because it is set in a real life place, New York City. People know New York City. That's. Mm. And, and think about like if that's your home, if you live in New York City and you see this movie, how much you're going to relate to it and appreciate it. Oh, I mean, that goes to the the big draw for Ghostbusters. Yeah. Is if you're right? a New Yorker, you're like, it's Ghostbusters. Now, my town. I, I can love Batman. I can love Superman, but I can't relate to Metropolis as much. I can't relate to Gotham City quite as much, even if they are based on real life cities like chicago and what i think uh, uh metropolis is based off of san francisco and, maybe that's it uh gotham is a combination of chicago and new york right mostly new york but because it's new york that spider-man's fighting for and mm -hmm. swinging around in and stuff it's a little more relatable and i thought yeah. about this this too actually when watching it the the bit where all the New Yorkers are up on the bridge and they're throwing stuff at goblins like, hey, where are New Yorkers? You mess with one of us. You mess with all of us. Yeah. We talk so much about those big reactions in movie theaters, right? Mm -hmm. This movie comes out, you know, six or seven. No, a little longer than that. Uh, like Seven or eight months after September 11th. And there was this was a time very very drastically different from the times we're living in now where we were so united you know yeah. after this terrible thing happened and everyone was was coming together and i can just imagine being in a movie theater possibly in new york city in may of 2002 and that moment happens today i feel like you yeah. know that, that's one of those moments where you'd get one of those big, yeah, that's right. You know, because yeah. that hits so close to home for people. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm, this is just all speculation, but that's what I imagined in my mind when I, I saw that moment. Um, <laughs> I can say that that year, year and a half after it happened, it's probably the most united we were as a country than we have been in the last other 19 years yeah. since this movie came out. Yeah. Um, I was there um, a month before the towers hit. Oh, yeah. Walking around the World Trade Center. I our, went. Our friends Jeffrey and his family. 
and a month later I'm in school watching it all come down so yeah I couldn't imagine like especially a lot of the marketing we talked about the merch but a lot of the marketing was very driven towards you know him on the empire with the American mm-hmm. flag waving off of it you know it's very very like yeah he's a hero mm-hmm. songs hero we got the American flag we got the empire state building this yeah. is our city you know he's fighting for our city the way that we fought months ago yeah to save our city so I couldn't imagine being a New Yorker at that time. Well, I got us a couple of other random factoids here about, about the movie. Uh, something I did not know, but apparently it was talked about pretty openly at the time. Originally, James Cameron was tied to this product or this was uh, production. An adult Spider-Man. It was well, yeah, like rated R. Much more violent, a lot of uh, cursing and, and whatnot. It was going to feature Electro and Doc Ock. And this whole idea of Spider-Man having organic webs rather than the web shooters, that was apparently a James Cameron thing. It was a part of the, uh, the process that early on before Sam Raimi oh, came on. Okay. And... Cameron had uh, James Cameron had this big idea of casting Arnold Schwarzenegger as Doc Ock, I guess, to uh, maybe possibly give him a little redemption after Batman and Robin. No, oh, by the way, redemption of Batman and Robin question mark coming soon from 30 and 30. Um, I couldn't imagine that. No, because the dialogue alone that that Alfred Molina had to say as Doc Ock. I couldn't imagine the governor power of the sun in my hand uh, i couldn't uh i'm dr connor says you're brilliant he also says you're lazy yeah i don't think it would have worked yeah. i think it would have just been too distracting it'd have been terrible we i'd have been like james you didn't learn from schumacher <laughs> that he does not you didn't give him a call rules? first <laughs> excuse me well luckily you know it all worked out and we have a brilliant cast yes. in this movie. Yeah. Uh, you remember that intro we used to get. and we MCU uses a form of it now, but they've kind of made it their own. But in those early Marvel movies, the first thing we got, and it just filled me with such excitement, was the Marvel logo and the comic book pages flipping. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember uh, uh, friends in high school, like, uh, you know, some of my female friends who weren't super nerdy and weren't super into it, but went to see it talking about, Oh, the flipping logo in the beginning was my favorite part. It's like, really? That's your favorite part. It's pretty cool, but really, uh, but this was the first one to ever use that. Mm-hmm. It was Spider-Man. Uh, speaking of nine 11, there was a like a trailer uh, or a teaser trailer for the movie that came out pre 9-11 that featured Spider-Man uh, stopping some some bad guys in a helicopter and tying them up to his web between yeah. the towers. And a lot of people thought that that was going to be in the movie and that they you know went in and, and cut it out because of the tragic events that took place. But it was actually only intended to be a, a promotional yeah. uh, thing. So 
And then the last thing I got here is that there was going to be a Hugh Jackman as Wolverine cameo. They were going to be way ahead of the game on the whole crossover deal and all this because this is coming right off the heels of X-Men. And uh, Hugh Jackman showed up in New York. He was there. He was ready to go. But unfortunately, he could not get the Wolverine costume on loan from 20th Century Fox. And I think you could make the argument that you don't need that to be able to tell, oh, that's Wolverine. But let's think back 20 years ago. Huge, everybody knows Hugh Jackman now. After only one X-Men movie, would everyone get it without him being in the suit, do you think? I think your base audience would. Because they'd I probably think just seen X-Men. The big fans. But this yeah. is still like way early on in that superhero phenomenon i don't think uh i don't think your basic audience that your base audience would but your basic film goer who are in at every mcu kids like us kids like us would have known we would have gotten it but you know like basic you know like some of the people you know we've done theater with aren't necessarily comic book you know emma andrews wouldn't have gotten it Mm mm-hmm but yeah. now she gets it because Aaron's taken her from Iron Man to now. So she gets that. She's been slowly introduced. But just the second or third Marvel movie, people would have needed it fed to him. Um, nowadays, though, like I had Wolverine shown up in Doctor Strange uh, that we saw the other day without the suit, just like maybe wearing his leather jacket and sitting there at the bar like he did in X-Men Origins. Everybody would have known exactly what was going on. Because we've only seen Wolverine in, I don't know, like seven, eight movies so far. We would have picked up on it. 2002, yeah. I don't think it would have worked. I think you had to have a little more to connect. Oh, yeah. X-Men or whatever, you know. Yeah. That's all I got. But, but that's been Spider-Man from 2002. You know it. You love it. Hopefully now you know a little bit more. How did you celebrate? Did you listen to Hero on repeat and on the way to work this month? Um, it's kind of been crazy because, like, May is kind of an unofficially, it's moved from one day to, like, it's Star Wars month to a lot of people. <coughs> then we had the 10 years of Avengers, the 20 years of Spider-Man. It's just been a celebratory month, just a big yeah. month uh, in general. And with, with Obi-Wan coming out, it's just a lot. Moon Knight, I mean, it's just been a crazy month. It really has. Uh, so we hope that you will stay tuned with more 30 and Nerdy podcasts in the coming summer months. Uh, summer's always big here under Halloween, of course. Um, but we got a lot coming down the pipeline, and there's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of great stuff coming to TV and film over the next few months, and we can't wait to talk about it. So, And we are your friendly neighborhood nerds. That's right. Signing off for 30 and Nerdy podcasts. He is Dr. Davis. I am your Duke of Nerds, Tyler Mack. Stay kind to one another. Stay kind to yourselves. Cheers to you, nerds. The cunning warrior attacks neither body nor mind. Tell me how! The heart, Osborne. First, we attack his heart. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us.
Russian! You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Tennessee Legend Distillery, and the Gatlinburg Brewing Company. 30 and Nerdy Podcast is a bad cast company production, founder of the Council of Nerds. Survive the apocalypse by finding 30 and Nerdy Podcast along with other amazing shows at podchaser.com. Looking for more on the 30 and Nerdy Podcast? Check out the website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. There you'll find our directory. We're on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere in between. To leave a voicemail, you can go to speakpipe.com slash 30andnerdypod, or you can leave an email, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Until next time, nerd up or shut up. Cheers to you, nerds. I don't have